Welcome to Delisters of History Sidebar. I'm your host, Fega. A quick content warning, this episode discusses white supremacy and the handling of the remains of non-consenting black and brown people. On January 22, 2024, the Penn Museum in Philadelphia quietly entombed the remains of 19 black Philadelphians that were part of the vast Morton collection. This drew a condemnation from some local leaders and historians, both for the burial before the planned public memorial in early February, but also for how the Penn Museum has handled identification of the remains. What exactly is the Morton Collection, and why is the internment of these remains so controversial? To understand, we need to look at why this collection exists, its connection to white supremacy, and how they have been used over these past decades. Human remains in the collections of museum archives have become a flashpoint in recent years, with good reason. For centuries, doctors and scientists have taken the remains of black, indigenous, and poor people without the consent of those people, nor their communities, for a whole variety of purposes. In the 1830s and 40s, a Philadelphia scientist named Samuel George Morton took an interest in what we could learn from taking measurements of human skulls. While studying human remains can teach us any number of important things, Morton was focused on proving his own racist theories. A German anatomist named Johann Friedrich Blumenbach developed five racial categories that still impact our thinking about race today. His five categories were Caucasian, Mongolian, Malayan, Ethiopian, and American. He also included colors to go along with all of these, so that's the whole thing. Morton's life work was to collect and study hundreds of examples of these five races with the goal of finding anatomical differences that do not, in fact, exist. When Morton died in 1851, a friend continued amassing the collection until it capped out at 1,225 human skulls. These skulls came from all over the world, but the thing that draws them together is a lack of concern for their human rights and dignity. Even in the 19th century, other scientists saw Morton's research as unreliable at best and gruesome at worst. Nonetheless, this research still impacts how race is viewed in the United States and Europe today. For a more innocuous example, referring to people of European descent as Caucasian, though they do not come from the namesake Caucasus Mountains. The collection was on display at the Academy of Natural Sciences until it was gifted to the University of Pennsylvania and eventually the Penn Museum in the 1960s. In the 1980s, Janet Monge, I'm not sure if I'm spaying her name right, a white biological anthropologist took charge of the collection and she took what was at the time an unusual step of actively teaching about the racist basis for the collection. However, the skulls remained at Penn, some of them even being stored in glass cases in an anatomy classroom. The claim she and others have made is that while the collection was assembled for racist reasons and in terrible ways, it represents a valuable repository of the physical differences among humans that can be used by modern anthropologists in their research. With the passage of the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act in 1990, Monge and her students began the work of researching the origins of the Native American skulls and returning them to their tribes. So far, about 120 of the 450 Native American skulls have been repatriated. The skulls entombed in Philadelphia recently were black Philadelphians who died at an almshouse in West Philadelphia. Much of the criticism surrounds what many see as an insufficient attempt to properly identify the remains. 
Furthermore, the fact that the remains were entombed separately from the memorial service outside of the view of the public has drawn ire from local organizations looking to identify and honor the dead. Much of the criticism surrounds the fact that Penn is making most of the decisions on how to handle the remains rather than members of the relevant communities. What I wonder about, though, is the fact that the skulls have been digitized and can be accessed by researchers worldwide. What are the ethics of continuing to use this collection, albeit in digital form, that we know was collected with no concern or consent from the dead? The Morton Collection will not be the last time we have to grapple with the issue of where the rights of the dead end and the needs of the scientific and medical community begin. I personally don't believe that using this collection, even in its digital form, is ethical. If it is used at all, it should only be used if historical information is necessary, and even then, it still doesn't really feel right. Furthermore, it has been made clear by researchers and historians that the Penn Museum has not done the legwork required to identify the remains. Using Morton's own failure to record the names of the dead as an excuse. When given the time, Morton did leave enough notes to allow modern researchers to find the names and stories of some of the remains. And personally, I think the Penn Museum owes the dead at least that much. Thank you so much for listening to Delicious of History. If you enjoyed yourself, please subscribe and drop us a review on whatever platform you listen on. We are a weekly podcast. Our next full episode will drop Monday, February 19th. I will chat with tea expert and educator Nicole Wilson about Robert Fortune, the man who went undercover to steal tea from China on behalf of the East India Company. Go to our show notes for links to our social media pages, website, and all that various stuff. We'd love to connect with you. You will also find in there some links to news articles to give more background on the controversy surrounding the Morton Collection and the entombment of those 19 Philadelphians. A big thank you to our Patreon members. We couldn't do this without you. And we just are so appreciative of every listener and everyone who is a part of our community. Thank you. We'll see you next week.